Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ahoy and a happy new year. Welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. This is your favourite fact podcast. Seeing in 2022 with what I can promise and assure you are the greatest facts of the year. They will not get better from this episode, this episode right now. Episode 1 of 52 for the brand new year. 2020 part 2. My name's Dan. Thanks for being there. Mark is also here. Hello. Connor is here too. I have three facts for you this week. The stuff about celebrations stuff about competitions and stuff about morse code i forgot about this bit so mark give us your give us your tease well this week i've got three facts that i genuinely had to double check because they all sounded so ridiculous i went that can't be true but they are we're talking waking up greetings and technology and connor makes up the triumvirate what are your three facts to start a brand new year well, I thought with the new year based on last year and the fact that you said to me that some of my facts are a little bit, mm, maybe I don't research enough. I thought I'd start strong. So we're going to go history. We're going to go into the history of the world uh, twice and then talk about snails because why not? Okay, stick around. It's your very first episode of a brand new year. My problem, Connor, is not with the strength of the facts. It's that you finished last year saying, oh, we've been doing this two years now. There are never going to be any good facts ever again. We're scraping the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, well, I think my average, you know, time of prep of five minutes has been doubled for 2022 to 10 minutes. And it's incredible what the extra five minutes does. I mean, I've I've, I've dug deeper than usual and I've found some facts that I didn't know existed that I think are good ones. I want to say I'm proud of you, but you're still only at 10 minutes. So I'm still not hit proud level yet. Yeah. Do you think that's quite acceptable when we've got, we're asking people to listen and give, give out, I don't know, 40 minutes of their day and you're doing a quarter of that on prep? Yeah, because, you know, I still believe I bring the crowd favourite of, of, of facts, the, the things that people want to hear. And I think 2022, we aligned up for a whole other year of that sort of shit, so let's bring it on. I'm going to start this week, fresh off celebrating Christmas. I wondered if you had a chance to celebrate Saturnalia, boys. Uh, I mean, I never miss it. Absolutely never miss it. Saturnalia was the ancient Roman festival which preceded Christmas, really. It would happen from the 17th to the 23rd of December. It worshipped their god of Saturn. Uh, Schools were closed. Exercise was suspended. No declaration of war could be made. Love the fact that they had to make that a rule for a time of celebration. Uh, And you could gamble. You could give gifts. They declared a king of Saturnalia, like the... 
the high chief of the festival who would wear a nice uh, crown that they would make with bizarre fabric. And also role reversal played a big part. Uh, slaves were treated to a banquet by their masters and they could dine together. Well, there we go. I mean, that sounds I, like a... Yeah. <clears throat> go on, Mark. I mean, I, I definitely celebrated it by skipping the exercise. That bit, I, you know, that was in there. But the rest, of it, I, the rest of it, I just get a little bit, you know, lazy with. But skipping the exercise, I'm, I'm all over that pre-Christmas. Why the name? That's my thing. I wonder where they got the name from. Because they worshipped Saturn. Oh, Saturnalia. It's not, it's not oh, really yeah. a stretch. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, Saturnalia. You kind of sound... I, I thought it was something to do with space. I want to be honest with you when you first mentioned it. Well, the planets are named after... Roman, uh, Roman and Greek gods in that part. So that's that's what... That it is linked... Oh, I actually never knew that. There's my fault. Connor is learning more than you bargained for here, Dan. Uh, I've entered 2022. I'm getting I'm getting education uh, through the roof. I'm getting it all here. What did you think they were named after? Well, I don't know. I just thought they were maybe out, out of hat situation. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 just just get all the Scrabble tiles, put them in a bag and be like, oh, S. Be uh, like the old, hey. you know. Is it yeah. a little bit like uh, Countdown? I'll have a vowel, please. Uh, yeah. And that's how you end up naming your planets. Bit like COVID variants, you know that they're so, Greek letters, right? <laughs> what you didn't, did you? They're Greek letters, the variants. <sighs> it's just going through the Greek alphabet. What? What, so what did the you first... think they? So we alpha. had Delta. So, so, so yeah, no. So originally, they, they didn't really call them Alpha at that point, did they? So they used to name it after the countries, but then they figured out that was a bit. It could be deemed as being racist. So then they started to call it by Greek letters. What mm. What did you think they were named after? Well, I don't know. I, I didn't really have an answer for it. But how is it? The, how is it the alphabet? If we've missed out A, B, and C, we haven't. But it only really started at Delta. But Delta was the fourth variant that we knew about. And, and the Greek the Greek alphabet is different to the English alphabet. So it was meant to go from Delta to Nu. But they didn't want to call it the new variant because that would confuse people because then people would say the new new variant. And then there was another one that I think they were going to call it began with a G, but it was a soft G and that would confuse people. So they called it Omicron and no one knows how to say or spell it. So good job. Well, I actually actually thought for the remaining part of last year after we'd done our final episode that I was still calling it Omnicron. So I've been doing it wrong. Interesting thing with slaves, this role reversal palaver slaves were treated to a banquet by their masters they couldn't push it too far apparently because Saturnalia would finish on the 23rd of December and you'd just go back to normal did you know that there was a thing I think in ancient Rome where they there was an idea to give slaves like numbered clothes just to kind of keep check of the slaves that you had so you'd have slave one and then slave 50,000 the reason apparently they didn't do this is because they thought it would make the slaves kind of look up, see how many of them there actually were, and they would overthrow their slave masters. Strength in numbers. So many facts there for you, Connor. Surely if enough slaves grouped together, they could outdo their masters, though. Surely. Yeah, that's the point. That's why they didn't do it. If you don't know how many there are, but if suddenly you're like, well, there's a guy there with 42 on his back, there's at least 42 of us. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's also kind of giving you the power, isn't it? Yeah. So, so you've started this year, Connor, just learning so much. I have. I've learned I've learned a lot already. We're only six and a half minutes in, so nice work, Dan. Thank you. Well, there you go. Let's see how much you can teach us. Give us your first fact of the show. Okay, so John Tyler, uh, he was America's 10th president. He was born in 1790, and he has two living grandchildren 
today? Uh, the old old procreators. Old procreators, yeah. Um, so I've got a little bit here on it. So John Tyler, yes, he was the America's 10th president, if you don't know. Um, and it is, it is grandchildren that he still has that's alive. So John Tyler was 63 when his son Leon was born in 1853. Leon was 71 when Leon Jr. was born in 1924. And 75 when Harrison was born in 1928. Both sons are still alive. So what's quite cool is another way to look at this. This is what I enjoyed the most about it. There are people who could basically look at you today in 28... Well, at the time it was 2018 that this fact was posted um, and say, yeah, my dad was eight years old when the war started and they're not talking about World War II. They're actually talking about the Civil War, which is a pretty crazy thing that you could say as a grandchild to that man. I think that's a good fact. <laughs> yes, very interesting. It's, it's just amazing that these people are having babies so old. 71. Put, I know. Stick it 70, away. But also as well, like, to think that you can say, my, you know, 1790s granddad was alive. And when you say my granddad was eight during the war, you would instantly, I definitely do, you do, you think World War Two, But to think the Civil War, that's crazy. And of course, Connor, when was the Civil War? 19, uh, sorry, 1798. A bit earlier. A bit earlier. Closer than I thought you would get. Civil War is actually 1861. Oh, right. So, yeah, so Civil War is, um, uh, that was the, the, the Abraham Lincoln and, and racial war. That was that was the whole thing about the North versus the South and with Abraham Lincoln. Come on, that's I, a good I, fact. I thought, you were t- I thought you were talking it, about the War of Independence, which he it, was alive during that as well, so there you go. It is a good fact. My favourite thing about that fact, Connor, is that twice you kind of used a turn of phrase firstly about john tyler being the 10th president of the u.s and then about the civil war where you were saying it just in case you don't know as if it's something that you just naturally knew no yeah before this fact you were like i mean come on obviously i knew that yeah i have to try and present it to the people in the same place as me which is i know idea who's the 10th president that's not a piece of knowledge that i have that just reels off my head i can't name all the presidents so i have to just remind people in case they're like me and have no idea who this guy is because i certainly didn't before i heard the fact who's your favorite of the american presidents con probably obama for the time of which i've been alive and the time of which i know i'd probably go obama but what about before you were alive any preference i don't i couldn't even name you one i don't i literally don't know much about american history you couldn't name me one you couldn't name me one american president bill clinton there you go. Great. Well you, that's as far back as we're going, is it? Bill Clinton. Yeah. You, there you, we can, go. you can have that. I'm fairly certain that Dan said before you were alive, but you know. Do you know the worst bit about fair. it as well? As I went to say Bill Clinton, Bill Gates come to my head, so I could have made a real <laughs> up there. And I don't know why that comes to my head, but yeah. Clinton. Well, he secretly controls the world, Connor. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. So before alarm clocks were invented, there were people called knocker uppers who would literally knock on your window to wake you up in time for work. I love this, and I love this for the simple reason of such a such a great question to ask anyone. What happened before alarm clocks? You answering that question? Knocker waters, knocker uppers. Could be interpreted in the wrong way. Who woke up the knocker-uppers? So this, Dan, is genuinely a thing that came up when I was researching, that there was an old kind of saying of just when, well, my knocker-upper has a knocker-upper who has a knocker-upper, but I didn't get knocked up because the knocker-upper didn't wake up the knocker-upper. 
upper oh, to wake okay, up and upper yeah, upper yeah. to wake up me. So that was kind of like an old sort of riddle they used to have back in the day about uh, it. So what, it what is a genuine question. Day? But they would essentially sleep during the day and then be awake during the night. So they would then be up at like 4 a.m. to wake people up. So this went on until like the 1970s in some area. And it was mainly for people who did shifts. So people who did unusual hours. So a lot of people in northern mill, mill towns had it uh, or dockers around London. And basically, if there was unusual shift patterns, you'd, then you'd pay a knocker-upper to come and knock up on your window. Be a nightmare, wouldn't it, if you were a knocker-upper of somebody with a weak thyroid? I mean, it would be a complete nightmare because they'd constantly be asleep and you'd be constantly knocking her up and knocking them up and knocking them up. You see, this, if, could be inter- it, this can be interpreted in a very, very rude way. I'm a knocker-upper. It feels to me like you know quite a lot about the thyroid. Like, this isn't the first time that, apropos of nothing, you've mentioned it's, you've mentioned the thyroid. You know in that episode of Friends where Joey buys the thesaurus and it's the letter V and he constantly <laughs> tries to input things that start with V? It's like you once read a Wikipedia article about thyroid and now you just try and make it relevant. Yeah, I, if, if, if I would relate myself to anybody out of Friends, it would be Joey, so I think that's a fair comparison. No, you're, a, you know, you're Gunther. Gunther?! <laughs> Yeah, and he just, and he died last year, so you can't say anything bad. The outrage on Connor's face right now. Gunther, I don't what. Well, the actor died. Gunther was a weird guy in a coffee shop that sniffed around Rachel. I'm definitely not that one. Uh, I, 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 I can see the comparison. Who's Mark? Ross, R- Ross or R- Ross or Joey, the, the ones that the girls like. I put I'd put Mark in a Ross category for the reason of he's very Ross, but then also <laughs> hilarious at the same time. So yeah, I would I put I put Dan. In no, Rock, Mark is ugly naked guy. It, that is my nickname around here. I think Dan is the guy that lived underneath Rachel and Mr. Heckles. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. I'll take that's that. That's you. Rule, can you can you keep it down, please? My cat's trying to sleep. But the thing is, his cats sleep whatever, so that's, that's factually incorrect. Have you got anything else about knocker uppers? Uh, yeah, the standard implement was a long fishing rod like stick. Um, but other methods included stuffed hammers, rattles, even pea shooters. Apparently, they originally used to go and kind of rap on your front door to wake you up, but realised that they were then suddenly waking up people in other houses who weren't paying for this, so in the end decided just to tap on the window because then it would be much more centralised to one house and the other houses could pay for it if they also wanted waking up. But you'd only get a few knocks. It's not like you could put him on snooze and he'd come back 10 minutes later. You'd get a few knocks at the window, that is it, and then he's off. Often a stressful house. job, really, isn't it? I mean, m- most jobs are obviously time time focused. We do radio, you know, you got to be there on time, and you work in production, you got to be there on time. But this, you are literally when that alarm go- whenever your alarm goes, your knocker upper, you got to be up because you got somebody else to knock her upper. Nightmare. My second fact of the show: it- it's all about a competition in South Korea, where the less you do, the more that you win. Have you ever heard of the Space Out competition? No. no. It's an annual event. Contestants must stare into space. They can't do anything. They can't fall asleep. Whoever wins is the person who gets the most votes from an audience in 90 minutes. Is this a fact or is this an event? It's a fact about an event. The, the, the fact that the event exists is a fact. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm still trying to imagine how this happens. Mark looked a bit confused as well. Mm. You should look. You, you can find photos of it online. It happens in the... I'm going to make a tit of myself there. Seogwaipo Forest of Healing on Jeju Island in South Korea. Loads of people, they literally just sit there and stare into space for an hour and a half. They don't do nothing. You need to zone out as much as you can. You can't do anything. You cannot fall asleep. 
you get judged your pulse rate gets taken so they know that you're up that you're conscious that you're able and there's people who watch and they just vote for the person that they like the most while they're just doing nothing do nothing yeah south korea is a bit of a different place in the world isn't it i was just i was literally moments before recording this episode reading about the bts band and and the lads out there and the fact that they're about to take two years off and they can't do any more music because they've got to go and do their military service it seems like a bit of a different world in old south korea i reckon you'd be quite good at this competition connor no i'd be terrible you're good at are you good I don't at space know. You, you tend to sit here during battle doing very little and people seem to like you, so... Yeah, but I'm never spaced out. I'm always doing something. I mean, hop, example, Mark speaks, check Twitter, Dan speaks, check Instagram, I speak, I'm back in the zone on the recordings, you know? I'm quite good at space now. I can kind of be away with my thoughts for a while. So, so, so wondrous and lustrous they are. What's the prizes? I don't know what they win. Doesn't say. Doesn't look like it's ever been reported. But this is a thing. It happens every single year. An hour and a half of nothing. All right, then. So you are, you're in the competition. We don't know what they're going to win. What do you think is a sufficient prize for, like, first place? That's quite a lot. It's quite a hefty, hefty old competition, that, and I'd want something pretty good for first place. But the thing is, is the way that you win is so arbitrary. Like, it's just uh, an audience is voting to decide mm. who's best at it. Like, how do they know? So, yeah. you know... It, uh, I don't know. Uh, a, a nice bed, perhaps. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. So in Victorian England, people used to take pictures of their dead relatives in lifelike positions as memories, as keepsakes. Um, so since photography was so new and also super expensive back then, this was often the only time that a person would have their photo taken. There'd be no other time in their life that they would have had a photo taken due to the fact it was so new and so expensive, uh, especially in the case of children and infants. Sometimes eyes would even be painted onto the photo after it was developed um, to give the subject more of a lifelike appearance. And I had a little look at a few examples and it just looks like a horror movie, to be honest with you. It doesn't look like a very nice keepsake. But that was a thing in Victorian England back in the day. So the first time these people got photos of themselves was when they were dead? Literally, the first time that that human would have had a photo taken of themselves would have been when they were dead and they had no recollection of it due to the just sheer expense of how much it was to get photos made and developed. It's just weird that people are... Someone's got to put these dead people in the position. Well, this is, exactly, this is exactly the thing that comes to my mind. Like, you've got to first off make the decision that you want to do it. I assume back then that might have been a bit of like a thing. Like, you know, people would... It might be weird now, but back in that day, everyone was doing it, maybe. I don't know. But there would have been somebody that would have had to have unfortunately redressed this dead body, positioned it, and then also at some stage maybe painted some eyes over the top of it. Horrendous. Take a look at some of the pictures as well of sort of examples of nah. this. It's super freaky. Nah, don't want to do that. Your job as a presenter on the show is to paint the picture for me. There's no way I want to see this. What type? So what? What, what positions are they in? Well, the fact that they're dead almost. Yeah. kind of creates the position for them because obviously their body has no there's no stability from the spine and it's very drooped so the examples I saw was people kind of you know left shoulder going to the left head swooping to the right it it didn't really paint a very you know like how people maybe get their animals stuffed when they die mm. and they get it positioned you get it in a nice position it stays there 
With this, you've got an awful position and you've constantly got a memory of this freaky picture of your great-granddad. Well, yeah, but it's a bit better than having no memory, isn't it? It's not like you can just fire up his Instagram and go, hey, remember those <laughs> yeah. times? But I think I'd rather none. Wouldn't you rather none than just this weird, creepy, dead photo of Grandpa on the fireplace? I don't know if I fancy it. People have, their, people have their ashes on the fireplace. That's a bit weird, isn't it? I've got my dog's ashes on the fireplace, yeah. Isn't that a bit weird? I think looking at the photo of the dead body is weirder. I don't know. I've kind of got into taxidermy, you know. I think I think that might be something I do when my next cat dies. What? Stuff it? Yeah, just because it's there. And you can go, you can give it a little pet, a little stroke. I think it's better for an animal than, than a human. I think I'm probably there with you in understanding why people would get animals stuffed. But as for... I wouldn't want a dead photo of my dog where they've tried to position it looking like it's running in a field when realistically he's stone cold dead and we've painted eyes on him. Uh, nah, not an interest. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. The shaking of hands originated as a greeting to show that we were unarmed. <sighs> the traditional greeting, as we know it today, uh, goes back thousands and thousands of years. And um, back in those days, people would normally carry a sword with them for fighting. And you'd carry it in what's called a scabbard, and that'd be on your left-hand side. So you'd draw it with your right hand, and that's why, naturally, uh, you would shake hands with your right hand, because you'd use that hand to say, hey, I'm putting my hand out to greet you, which means I can't grab my sword, and it's also a sign of trust in the other person that they're going to replicate that and not draw their sword either. Do you think that's why... Or there's maybe something here with why right-handed... There's a lot more right-handed people than left-handed people in the world because things from back in time kind of implemented the idea that the right hand is the main hand. It's possible. It's possible. Mm. Isn't, isn't one of the reasons that we chink glasses when we cheers, it might be an old wives' tale, is almost you, you slosh like your wine into their glass and their wine into your glass to kind of prove that it's not poisoned. I think that might yeah. be a bit apocryphal, but I've heard that as well. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I think that there's a lot of traditions that we do now that have just kind of become normal over the years and have just become the thing we do. Like nowadays you go and shake someone's hand, it's not that you're showing you're unarmed because don't really carry a sword around nowadays. But, you know, that's where everything has come from in the past. And I think you're right, Dan. I think there is that story of big cheers, drinks sloshing into each other, Shows that clearly no drink is poisoned. Imagine doing that now. Imagine chinking your glasses now, toasting someone with such force that your beard spills over into their wine. They'd be fuming, especially in COVID. There's quite a lot of um, like uh, secret handshakes, isn't there, in 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 different cults and, and groups and things like that, where they interpret the handshake in a different way to to, to to kind of show you part of it. You know, that could be a Connor explains a very hard one because obviously they are secret. But you've done Mafia before. Maybe you could do secret handshakes and cults. I'd be interested with that. I would also very much enjoy how that works on the podcast. Given that at the best of times, we have to audio the script for what you do on this podcast. <laughs> you trying to explain the visual medium of secret handshakes. Oh, yes, please. I would love to hear that. Might need some visual aids on that episode. Mark, any secret handshakes in the world of Disney? Just to show that you are like the top fan. I couldn't possibly share because then other people could pretend to be a top fan, obviously. There we go. So. I reckon there is. I reckon there's a weird, like, Disney cult where you have to do the secret handshake to show that you're allowed in the certain restaurant. Just, you know, you are the Disney fan. I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> it's interesting with the unarmed handshake business that you didn't have to do something with both hands to prove that you were unarmed in 
both hands? Well, it's because normally you would only carry the one sword and it would be on your left side. So drawing that sword with your left arm is very tricky. You wouldn't be able to do it quickly. You'd always do it with your right. What about a little dagger, though? Yeah, it's true. It's true, but at some point you've got to take a level of trust. Personally, I I think you're right. I think people should have just approached arms out doing some kind of like jazz handy sort of thing as they approach towards them. I think that that is the safest option, of course. So if you are meeting someone this year that you are worried they might have a sword or a dagger, just do a bit of a jazz hands introduction to each other. Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Mum's the Word. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. It's info@baffledpod.com. We are on socials, TikTok and in Insta. It is Insta. It's at Baffled Pod there. We'd love to hear from you in the brand new year. Who knows what we've got up our sleeves. When were the Nigels this year, last year? Uh, they're in April because it is our yearly oh, anniversary. Oh, it's our, it's our, it's our two-yearly anniversary. So we're going to start ramping up nominations for the Nigel Awards. Uh, if there's a category you want to hear, if there's a fact that you want to see in there, we'll take your nominations from now. I'm declaring them open right now. It's info at baffledpod.com. And it's time for the last fact of the show. Uh, Connor, sing me the Mission Impossible theme tune. No, it's Bond. Um... I don't know. Mark, can you do a good job? No, because now all I have in my head is James Bond. It's dun dun Now the reason it makes that noise, the the reason it goes bum 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 that is Morse code for the movie's initials MI. So it's dash dash dot dot dash dash dot dot and the beats are the same times that you would do with Morse code if you were tapping it. Uh, that's that's impressive. Fair play. There you go. That's what it was inspired by. The dash dash dot dot dash dash dot dot one and a half one and a half one 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 and a half one and a half one one. I don't know Morse code. I'd love to know it. I I know how to do M and I. Yeah, so do I. Connor, do you know any Morse code? Are you kidding? I don't know. It might be something that you know. D- don't you do a thing where you used to go shoot guns with your family, air rifles, that kind of stuff? I used to do like clays. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm actually getting you confused with another person I know from the Kent Essex area, and he would go shooting with his father a lot. But you know, it's type of things. You know, you got those. There are those. What does that got to do with Morse code? I'm so lost. Uh, All of a sudden, I've gone from Mission Impossible, the song Morse code, to a day clay pigeon shooting with me dad. Um, 
My mind's frazzled. It's because I was thinking some people know weird things and Connor might be one of those people that, you know, is into army stuff. So knows Morse code because he's really into army with his family. Got you. And he's, he, uh, t- t- turns out he's not. That was a, a nice little cul-de-sac I took us down. Mark, do you, do you know Morse code? No. Apart from we've done this, you know, am I right? Okay, I'm, yeah, I know. Am I? I've gone from the cul de sac. Are you okay? Are you, are you in the middle of having a stroke or something here? Are you all right? Right, <laughs> let me go one more time. Dun 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 dun. Connor, give oh my us God, that, your that's last Morse fact. That's code for am I? Yeah. The annoying thing is, it's the best fact of the show. Connor, give us your last fact. Here we go. Uh, Mark, how long do you think a snail can sleep for? Uh, I mean, are we talking like nightly here? Mid-morning, mid-morning just, nap? Just like what level? At, at one go. One go, I would say if he's had a proper hard day slugging it along, probably 13 hours. 13 hours? Bold, Dan? No, much less time. I reckon snails sleep for about five minutes. Three years. Really? Three years at a time, snails have been recorded to sleep for. One time. Imagine sleeping, waking up, you've missed your 21st. Nightmare. Yeah, that's that's what you'd be annoyed about. You've missed one night. Yeah, Snails famously massively celebrate their 21st (laughs) birthdays. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, it's very much a shark tail moment there. I was imagining that they were actually real people. But yeah, they sleep for three years at a time. They have a good old kip. I, I can kind of appreciate this in a sense of... When you get inside that shell, I reckon it's quite cosy. One of my favourite things to do is have a little kip are you, outside. Are when you ev- joking? It's made, it's made out of well, it's made out of hard shell. It's not going to be cosy. It's going to yeah, be. But you're cold in and it, brittle. aren't you? You're you're all, you're all wrapped up. I reckon it's a good old snooze. Uh, strange things, aren't they? Strange slimy beasts. How how do they track this? How do they know that they're sleeping for that long? Well, based on most of the facts of 2021 that you posed, science. <laughs> I always love that you just throw that in as if, like, it's not a legitimate thing. Oh, they know about this because of science. As oh, if science is no longer to be trusted. It's obviously like, okay, well, it's probably like a snail scientist, I would say. You know, some guy at a university that studies snails because why not? You know, it needs to be worked out, these things. This Do we know it's three years or is this just the longest they bothered to look and just went away? It hasn't woken up yet. It's probably three years. <laughs> well, they've just looked at a shell on the floor on the pavement and gone, yes. that hasn't moved for three years. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They do know. This This is a fact. This is an actual, actual fact. Snails need moisture to survive, it says. Um, so if the, we- if the weather is not cooperating, they can actually sleep for up to three years. During this time, the snails will see... The snails will secrete... What the f*** is that word? The snails will sec- secrete mucus... Secrete. Yeah. You got it right. Secrete. ...over their bodies to protect themselves from dry, hot weather. So basically, they're I mean, kipping to put some Nivea on. I'm not. I'm not joking here, and I know that we run in different circles. But how are you? You know, in your mid to late twenties, and you've never heard the word secrete before. I, I just. I, I don't. I, I don't know why. I just put. I, I'd say snails put mucus over their bodies because they don't put. Because it's just you, you. When you sweat, you secrete. It kind of seeps out from you. That's what secretion means. Why? Right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not. Like, they're just, not. They're to not, use your yeah. phrase, opening a. Nivea and going, oh, put a bit of this on, here we go. Yeah. Kind of like the Nivea's within them and they're just going like, oh, that's all going out. Maybe this is the start of a new year for me because so far we have recorded the first episode of the year and I've learned more in this episode than I have in the last two years of this. Uh, Connor, what's interesting is that you always hate when I bring a science fact that people have spent time researching this. What do you feel about the scientists that have thought 
you know what, I'm going to study how long snails sleep for. Well, because I, th- I, 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 I think mine has a payoff. You know, snails sleep for three years. No, don't talk, no, I'm not, no, I'm not talking about the fact. I'm talking about the people who have researched the fact. What, what do you think about these people who have oh, thought fu- that that's what abso- they're going to do? Just like, what, mental. Like, why? <laughs> Completely and utterly pointless. And just, like, why would you even spend time on working this out? Why would you spend time on the fact that a snail puts a bit of moisture over? Like, seriously? Like, where's the interest? I, I think, rather than Connor explains, once we've got you know, into 2022. Maybe we just put Con on one-on-one with scientists to look into these things. Yeah, that'd be a nice nice little special, wouldn't it? A nice little YouTube special. Well, I think Dan, Dan, you're, Dan, you're quite into science. You've got, you got, you got a, bit, like a big interest in science. Do you not think that there's some things where you think, obviously it all comes under science, and I know there's got to be a scientist for everything, but you think this is yeah. just like, what's the point? Is that you, like... Well, I guess quite a lot of science is what's the point, but that is the point. The point is, is that you're just finding things out for the sake of finding things out. Right. The, yeah. do, do people need to know how long snails sleep for? And Probably it, not. But the, f- and it, but the fact we don't know means that maybe we should. Yes, but if you're a scientist, please work out a way of curing my bowel problems. Yeah, but Connor has IBS. Connor has IBS. But it bloody well works when it comes out the other end. IBS. <laughs> well, yeah, not the fact that a snail sleeps spend, three they're years. They're not spending but, every but minute of every day on it. Oh, they're, they're not but, spending every oh, minute of every day on it. Oh, but their specialty is the secretion of... Snail mucus, yeah? Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Bluetooth technology takes its name from a 10th century king. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, was it... Is it? I, I kind of I vaguely <laughs> know of this before. Is it like Harold? Is his name Harold yeah, Bluetooth king or something? Harold Gormson, who Sorry. is known as Bluetooth. <laughs> Dan, mate, what the... F- mate why do you know this where in your life has this happened why it's like, like, i like looking things mate, up mate i can't it, believe he's just come remember, out isn't it? like genuine it's i I, I admire you not only as the co the, the host and the co of this but also a friend at the fact that you know these things but i do sit here like he comes out with something like that 85 to i oh, to go strong 100% of the listeners are like what the f- crazy Dan's like oh, you, Harold, isn't it what Crazy knowledge. Yeah, I did. I had a vague idea of his last name as well, but I didn't want to completely show up. Yeah, tell us about <laughs> Harold Gormson. So Harold Gormson was known of as Gorm. Bluetooth. Uh, for he had a dead tooth, which took a dark blue uh, color. That's what earned him the nickname Bluetooth. And he is famous for uniting Denmark and Norway in 958. So then, fast forward. A thousand years in 1996 when uh, Intel, Ericsson and Nokia met to basically discuss this thing that was going to become known as Bluetooth. They basically, they needed a name to work with. So uh, the guy from Intel went, what about Bluetooth? He united Scandinavia. We're going to unite technology. Let's just call it that. It was never meant to be anything more than a placeholder, but they never got around to changing it. And, and what Bluetooth was stuck. What was infrared? Well, I was about to bring that up, Connor. I think in infrared, like the day that Bluetooth hit my school, you know, mouths opened, hit jaws at the floor, minds were blown. We were dicking around sending pictures at like one kilobyte every hour uh, from phone to phone on infrared. Then Bluetooth came along and you can suddenly do it in about half an hour. It was revelations. And infrared, you had to make sure you never moved that device. You couldn't break the beam between them. Well, that's it for this episode of Baffled. Thank you very much for listening. 
what have we learned this week? We've learned who Bluetooth really is. Also, Mission Impossible comes from the Morse code. Dun, 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 dun. And snails cover themselves in Nivea to sleep for three years. Something about secretion. Uh, say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. Back in a few days with a brand new Connor Explains. Have a very merry new year and we will see you then. It's infobaffledpod.com. Until then, bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.